Hello, product people. Sean Boyce from Next Step here. Uh, what I'm going to start doing is recording individual episodes where I talk to you about topics that I'm passionate about that I think are important related to product uh, that I'm also writing about. So for a lot of these episodes, there'll be companion blog articles, as well as you know just the content that I'm providing on a daily basis uh, that I'm writing for my email list. So that's relatively new as well. Also, if you're not on that, you can subscribe to it via my website. I'll include some links in the show notes, but uh, the podcast episodes are going to dive deeper into the topics I'm writing about at length. And then the emails are going to share a number of insights across those topics on a daily basis. So usually something for everyone here. That's what I'm trying to produce as I'm looking to create more content that's relevant around these topics. So the, what I want to talk about today is something that I feel is not uh, written about enough. I don't see enough good content out here about this topic, and it's a really important topic that I'm getting a lot more requests to write more about. Uh, in fact, I've done a presentation for this one a few weeks back to an entrepreneur's group, and that went over relatively well. I got a lot of good questions, so I'm starting to write about it in more detail because I'm realizing there's not a lot out there, and that's building a sales process for your product. Um, so I kind of want to dive right in here and and help you understand how you can do this, because I feel like this is an area of confusion for a lot of people looking to be successful in a product. So first thing I want to mention is that I think a lot of people miscategorize sales. To me, it's not, it never really was a role or a specific person. Uh, sales to me is more of a process. It's something that almost anybody can be trained to do and do successfully. But the misconception that I feel is out there is a lot of people think of sales as almost like an art form, or there's a particular personality that is required in order to do it. I largely reject those notions. Uh, when you build product sales as part of an effective process, it will help you start building momentum in the right direction to being successful, but ultimately that it could be done by anyone. So I want to talk more about that in this episode. Um, so. I mentioned, you know, the opinion that I, I really don't think is relevant in that sales is related specifically to a person's like individual personality. I really think sales is more of a effective process that you can build. Um, and as such, like building it as a process, your focus in the beginning in terms of how to build it as a process should really be on making it repeatable. And when I say repeatable in this case, what I'm talking about is it needs to be able to generate consistent results. To me, that's what a good process is. And one that doesn't do that, in my opinion, isn't a process at all. So that would be uh, for sure a good place to start in and kind of an easier way to think of next steps as part of what we're doing here. Now, continuing with that, one of the first things I want to mention before we dive into exactly how I'd recommend you actually build your sales process and steps, and what each of them are, is I want you to be aware of, but also be prepared to avoid as much as possible what I refer to kind of as the hockey stick trap. So I'm sure we're all familiar with the hockey stick level growth that a lot of product companies are looking for. If you're going the investor route, they talk about this quite a bit. It's usually a slide you'll see in pitch decks and investor uh, presentations where at some point, basically, you're expecting to experience exponential growth for your product, right? We're all longing for that. And because of the high leverage, highly scalable 
um, format that products are capable of, then eventually the thought process is you will get there. Um, in terms of when you'll get there, that's different for every company, but a lot of the focus is placed on that. Now, there's a step in the process that I'm referring to as scalability, and it specifically speaks to your sales process that I'm talking about building here. When you get there, this will be kind of the area of focus, and that will be the kind of performance we're looking for. But before you get there, there are other steps you need to take first in order to set yourself up for the kind of success in order to make that po a possibility. And I don't want you to laser focus on getting to that hockey stick level kind of growth curve before you complete these other steps. So just realize that that's a step in the process and we are expected to get there. But before you get there, there's things you need to do in order to make that a possibility. So don't make that kind of the be all end all of what you're doing here. And you're, you know, the thing you're laser focusing on, because if you try to put scalability at the forefront, then uh, you'll probably be putting the cart way before the horse. And that is going to only put you in a position to kind of waste time and make you repeat steps later down the road. Another thing I want to talk about is that I don't want you to expect your product to sell right out of the gate. Um, you know, even, even um, if you aren't a startup, uh, there's a lot of customers out there, if they're, especially if they're experiencing your product for the first time, they may not know what it is or why they need it or what it does. And that is a normal part of the process. So if you're starting to kind of jumpstart your sales effort, there's work to be done here um, that isn't necessarily going to be ready for you to invest significant resources into and then get the kind of results that you're looking for. So um, <clears throat> again, that's why I want to further reinforce, we want to build product sales for you as part of the process. Um, so let's talk about those steps. So there's four in particular, uh, several of which I'm sure you're already familiar with or I've mentioned already. Uh, and what they are is first is achieving problem solution fit. Number one, I'm going to talk more about what each of these are. Number two is achieving repeatability. The third is a scalability step. I was just referring to that uh, momentarily or uh, just a moment ago. And the fourth is uh, ultimately reaching product market fit, which I'm sure most of you have heard of before. So I want to talk more about each of these steps, but those are the steps in the process in terms of how I would recommend you build your product sales process. And I'm going to talk more about each of them, but I also want you to focus on completing them, uh, completing all of those steps and in that order, problem solution fit, repeatability, scalability, and then product market fit. So let's talk a little bit more about each. So when I mention uh, problem solution fit and product market fit, you're probably fairly familiar with if you've read anything out of kind of the lean startup series. Um, so they talk about them a little bit in a number of different kind of lean startup books that I'm a fan of. Um, there's Running Lean uh, by Ash Mayura. There's uh, the Lean Startup. Um, I, uh, Eric Reese, both uh, excellent books that I would that I would recommend. Not necessarily specifically sales related, but they do mention those two stages and. I'm going to define them, uh, each of these steps in terms of how I would define them, in terms of how I've leveraged them to build my product companies. The two of which I'm focused on at the moment are Staff Geek, which is an HR tech SaaS product, and uh, Podcast Chef, which is a productized service. Uh, okay, so problem solution fit. To me, problem solution fit, you'll know when you have achieved that, when you have, when you know that the solution that you're working on in the form of your product, um, 
adequately solves the customer problem better than the existing solution. Um, I talk about these terms quite a bit, but existing solution, if I haven't mentioned it on the show before, is essentially how your customer is going about solving their problem today. And that's what you need to be better than. I tell stories about that, um, and I will tell more, but you need to know what that existing solution is, and your product needs to beat that in a significant way. If you've got the kind of discovery data, if you've done the research um, to determine whether or not you have, you can consistently do that. And you are, I would say, um, you've got good data for the problem solution fit phase. Okay, so that's problem solution fit. The second, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is then achieving repeatability. And achieving repeatability in terms of your product sales process is one that you need to be able to consistently generate predictable sales results by following the process that you're building. So what that means is as a number of prospects, customer or client prospects for your product flow through your sales process, you're able to convert a predictable percentage of them into paying customers by following your sales process. Uh, So that's how that works. And that's how you'll know you've generated a process that is repeatable. And it needs to be repeatable first. Again, don't think scale yet. It needs to be repeatable first because you need to be able to say, you know, for X client prospects that go through this process, Y turn into paying customers for my product. And if you don't know that yet, your product sales process is not repeatable. Um, And it needs to be uh, in order for you to get ready to be successful for these later stages. So if you haven't done that, you won't know what the return on investment or ROI of your sales process is, which is going to be a key. Uh, it's going to be a key element of determining how uh, successfully your product sales process can scale. Um, so, and I want to mention a tip at this point as well too. And I, I talk about this more in the blog article. Building your product sales process in this way, in terms of making sure that's repeatable first, is also the most cost-effective way to sell your product. So some of you out there that are listening, I'm sure either already have or thinking about building a sales team at some point. Uh, I understand that. I've done that myself. I have that for my product companies. If you don't build it as a product sales process that ultimately is repeatable first, and you're putting more putting more responsibility on the people that you're hiring to kind of figure this out because you think that that's the way that it works or you feel like you don't have the expertise to do it or whatever. Um, Not only do I disagree with those things, that is going to be more than likely much more time consuming, much more expensive, and is unlikely to generate the kind of results that you're looking for Um, because no one knows your product, your customer, the existing solution. No one knows these things better than you do. As such, you are the perfect person to ultimately build the first version of this process. It doesn't need to be maximally efficient yet, but you more than likely are the best person for building the first version of it and getting it to the process where it will be repeatable. And if you build it in this way, it's going to help you delegate to others in terms of determining whether or not they're reaching your performance uh, standards for the process. Because you're, if you have built this to be repeatable, to know that if X, proce- if X uh, client prospects go through your process, that turns into why you know new paying customers, you will have a benchmark to compare against for other people following the process. Now, I'm not talking about making improvements to the process at the later date. That can still be done by you and by others as you kind of grow your team, but you're going to want to build the product sales process to be repeatable first. Um, because this is going to help you in a number of ways, 
not only measure the performance of those that you're hiring and you're having kind of focus in these areas or help you with these roles, um, but it'll also, you know, help you determine it'll also be more cost effective in that you won't need someone with extra level of savvy or expertise because they're not expected to come in and build the process. They're expected to simply follow yours. Okay, so we talked about the repeatability step. The next step in the process is achieving scalability. Now, uh, this gets back to that like hockey stick level growth. Scalability is what's going to enable you to be able to do that. Um, you may be happy with the results that you have, you know, managing this process yourself or hiring some part-time help or whatever. Um, but if you want to go for broke, you know, scalability looks like you putting in considerably more time, looks like you hiring folks to dedicate to this, uh, potentially more than one building out, you know, a full team, any or all of these things are going to help you basically add capacity so that you can invest more resources into this process. That's going to help you reach greater scale. The process that we talked about that you've built so far that's repeatable is going to be critical in ensuring that you can maintain a level of quality across the product sales process. You don't have people on your team going rogue, uh, making promises you can't keep, doing something that's outside your standardized process. Um, so that's why this is so important. You want everybody essentially kind of be singing off the same sheet of music that's going to give you the best, most predictable uh, results. So um, again, measuring performance, making sure they're following the steps uh, because what you're going to need to do is going to evolve as part of kind of the scalability phase. You, you may be you know, still playing a role in doing some of the selling yourself as part of training or just making sure that you have enough capacity here, but you're going to have the added responsibility of making sure that the performance of the folks that you've hired, you know, one or more as you build out this team is reaching the level that you're expecting it to, right? And again, you should have some consistency in what to expect uh, in terms of how performant your sales process should be because you've built it as part of the repeatability stage. So you should know what kind of ROI you can expect. That'll help you, you know, um, plan. That'll help you most effectively and efficiently plan for the best use of your resources. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what to prepare your team with. Um, I'm a huge fan of creating assets that help people both visually and any additional documentation that can help them understand how to manage this conversation, handle objections. There are at least two kind of assets that I'd recommend. And in the blog article where I dive deep into this topic, I've created templates for you. They'll be linked in the show notes for this episode. So I recommend, highly recommend you get a copy of those um, and uh, use those templates to build out your own product sales process. So I've, I've already kind of gotten you started in the process here. And feel free to reach out to me by email if you have any questions as you are building them in terms of like where to fill in the gaps. But um, not only do the templates have basically fill in the gap areas for you to build out your own process, but they have examples for how my actual sales process, product sales process works for my company, uh, Podcast Chef. So you can go in there and you can see kind of what all the processes that I've built and you can compare yours to that. Uh, so there's an example in there as well also, which you can also ask me more questions about. But the two assets in particular that I'm referring to is one, think of it like a flow chart. It's really like a process map for how you manage the different steps and phases in the product sales conversation with a prospect. So uh, one of the assets, you get a copy of it, you will see that 
have the kind of steps um, mapped out in terms of like beginning the conversation to successfully ending the conversation and the various you know uh, conclusions that will ultimately come to. So it, it goes everywhere from qualifying the prospect, um, trying to determine whether or not they have the problem that we say we specifically solve. In this case, there's two for Podcast Chef. Then it has areas of opportunity to either qualify or disqualify the prospect and uh, marketing opportunities as well. Because if someone has come up with a creative solution to problem that we solve and it's related to our value proposition, that can help us uh, repeat that story to a larger audience. So I want to share their story. Um, they may not need our product or service at the moment, but they will help us communicate this to the rest of the world. So I've, I've actually, uh, that's included in the process as well too. So the first one is basically a map of the steps. Like what are the steps of the product sales process that we've built? And you know, how do you, where do you go from the step that you're at to get to the next successful step in the process? Um, these visuals are really helpful, I think, for laying out for folks that are new to your company or your product sales process, just how to best manage it and navigate it. Uh, the visual elements, whenever possible, I'm a huge proponent of. People are visual learners, so it's much easier to describe for folks what you want them to do if you've got visuals and not just you know documents with uh, the heavy text and stuff like that. Now, having said that, the second complementary asset, uh, which is also part of the template I created, is uh, essentially what to talk about at each of these steps. So what each step is, some of the common terminology as well also, but then what to say at each step in the process. And again, in here, I have examples for how my podcast chef sales process works in terms of what you say to a prospect to better educate them uh, in terms of understanding why we do what we do and how it's better than their existing solution and a number of different things related to that as well too. Um, so get a copy of both of those uh, and you'll find not just examples of how I've done it for my own product company, but templates for you to uh, fill out for your own process as well too. Um, also in there is a section of like, it's, it's listed as FAQs, but it's essentially how to handle common objections. So that document should have something like that in it as well where you can basically learn about what the common objections, the common questions are as part of this process. And you can standardize the response to those questions across your product sales team. Uh, that's a helpful area as well too. And a good area of discussion that can be updated in the future as those questions start changing or evolving or new ones come up. Uh, it's important as well also. Okay. Um, since we're at the scalability step, before I move on to talking about product market, I want to reinforce that I don't want you to attempt to scale your product sales process before you've determined that it is effectively repeatable. If you do that, you're more than likely wasting time and going to have to repeat steps uh, that you've skipped over earlier in the process. So make sure you go repeatability first, then scalability. Don't try to jump to scalability. That's a common, that's a common mistake. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the, the last step of the process and product market fit. Um, you probably, you may have been expecting me to talk a lot more about this. I'm not going to, because to me, product market fit isn't really a destination. It's more of a phase that your product can find itself in and also out of, unfortunately. Um, and that's because product, the product in this question, and in this, in this uh, conversation and the market are both dynamic concepts, as in your product is ever evolving and changing as is your market. So these are moving targets, right? 
And to achieve product market fit, it isn't, you know, you need to have the kind of uh, progress and success and timing as well, too. All of those are important. And that makes it uh, more difficult to manage, so to speak. But really, all I want you to walk away from here is if you are, if you're being successful, if you're growing, if your product sales process is delivering repeatable results, if you're able to turn those repeatable results into scalable results and you are growing and that success is continuing to build momentum, you will ultimately find yourself in product market fit, right? So I don't want a lot of people obsess over product market fit. I think a lot of focus is placed there, but really where you're going to, like, again, think of that as a phase that uh, if you basically, if you do these other things correctly, you will find yourself there. So I don't want you to obsess over product market fit. Um, if your product sales process is working for you, all you really need to do is keep going. Uh, and then eventually you will find yourself in product market fit. So I've talked a little bit about this topic, which is performance of your product sales process already, but I want to reinforce it. Uh, I go deeper in the blog article, but it doesn't get too much more complicated beyond the equation that I've talked about, um, which is basically a way to measure the uh, performance of your product sales process. Like You need to know how effective the process is as part of what you're building here in order to know how successful it ultimately is going to be at scale and where you can make improvements to the process. So again, think of it in terms of if I have X number of client prospects go through the process, I'm expecting to get Y number of converted client prospects into paying customers for my product. Um, if you are able to determine that predictably, that's when you know you've reached something that's repeatable and then you can uh, expand on your effort there by investing in more capacity to reinvest into this process in order to reach greater scale. That's a good way to measure the performance of your product sales process. Um, if you have questions about how performant what you think you've built is repeatable at this point in terms of your ratio, share that with me. Uh, feel free to just email me, sean at nextstep.io. Um, I'll mention that at the end as well here too, but Feel free to reach out to me and ask questions uh, in terms of the process that you built to get a better understanding in how, you know, whether or not the performance of your sales process is strong enough in order to be ready to reach the next steps and the kind of scales and, and the kind of scale and growth that you're looking for. That's going to that's going to depend on your goal. So that's why I mentioned that because each case may be different. Um, but ultimately, you're going to have the kind of data that can help you calculate out basically. How, you know, is this, this sales process that you built, is this going to help you achieve the kind of performance that you're looking for? Um, another thing I want to mention as well is as you are in the scalability phase of this process and you're hiring others to basically follow your product sales process. So like when you're scaling and building a team, I would, I would factor into your calculations and your projections a certain amount of loss in terms of delegating this process to others. Um, there are just some intangibles, a lot of experience that you may have that you may not, you may not be able to expect others to get to, especially on the earlier side. So if you're able to reach, you know, um, you know, however many client product prospects, let's say for every uh, 10 prospects that 
go through your product sales process. You know, you you're able to you're able to convert whatever. Uh, let's just make the numbers easy. Let's say five. You're able to convert five into paying customers. So um, you've got you know essentially you're going to do the math there in terms of your success rate. You're converting fifty percent uh, of the process in that way. So you're able to create five new paying customers from every 10 prospects that goes through the process. I would factor in some loss for someone else managing the process for you as you're training them up. And I think a good rule of thumb there is probably 80% for efficiency. So um, essentially for every five out of five you're able to achieve, I would consider kind of, or I would, I would set your expectations at around four or four out of five. So 80% of that. So for every 10 client prospects that go through the process, someone you're delegating that to may only be able to convert that to four versus you're able to convert that to five. And I, I mentioned that because that's what we see in practice. That's what I've seen from my product companies, uh, as well as I want you to be able to plan with conservative numbers to make sure that your product sales process still has the kind of return on investment that you're looking for. So that's another tip that I wanted to mention as well. So um, in terms of examples, uh, which I go into more detail in the blog article, I mentioned the two product companies that I built product sales processes for, my SaaS company, Staff Geek, and my productized service business, uh, Podcast Chef. I used Podcast Chef as an example here, and the examples in the templates that I've created are for Podcast Chef. Get yourself a copy of those. I'll link to the blog article and the podcast show notes where you can go to kind of gain access to these templates for yourself and leverage them to build your own product sales process or compare against the one you may already have. Um, get a copy of those. That would be the next best way to kind of get started here in either building your product sales process or leveling up your product sales process into a proper process. Um, and then if you need help beyond that, um, I've mentioned it a few times, please feel free to reach out to me. The best way to get me would probably be email. So email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. You can also just go to nextstep.io, our website. Um, You'll find a ton of resources there from the podcast to the blog to others. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well, too, where I produce these as in the form of videos. So if that's your preferred uh, format, check that out as well. Getting more active on social. Uh, I've got a daily mailing list now as well, too, where I talk about a lot of the stuff. So in the blog articles, there's a number of opportunities to kind of sign up for the list. Um, if you want to be on it and you know, you're, you're trying to figure that out, feel free to email me and I can help you out with that as well also. So. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I hope this helps you in building your product sales process. It's been very successful for me, both using it myself and hiring a team to reach greater scale for my products. Uh, and I think it can help you. So best of luck. Um, enjoy and uh, send me any feedback. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business, and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Hey, 
Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.